The Midday Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. As I was saying this hour, we are expecting to hear from the police. Police Minister Becky Tlele will hold a briefing from Twani where he will update the nation on what we've been seeing and what a lot of us have dubbed the attacks on trucks and what we're questioning or worried that these are economic sabotage, acts of economic sabotage. So we will look at that as I was saying to you, in a space of four days, almost 20 trucks have been set alight. There's also a victim now stemming from an incident this morning in Pomalanga. Different police commissioners will be joining him from the affected provinces. Deputy President Paul Mashatil has told the Sowetan they know who is behind their attacks. I have so many questions behind that particular statement. But Eyewitness News reporter Tabiso Goba is there covering that story. Tabiso, welcome to the show. I understand nothing has started yet. What time are you expecting to hear from the police minister? Yes, 100% CD. We are at the SAPS Tswane Training College uh, in Pretoria. We were supposed to um, however, we still haven't started the TV crews, um, haven't started even sitting. We're still outside working. Minister, you haven't the minister Your line is a little bit choppy, but yes, you're saying that TV crews have not even set up as yet. You're yet to see the minister arriving. Yes, it is 100%. Um, so we do time of when uh, this briefing might Tabiso, I'm going to move away from that line. It's not necessarily a great line at the moment. But Tabiso is out in Pretoria where they are waiting for Police Minister Becky Tele to give that nation an update. A few days ago, you said that they were working on this, that they had some leads. Again, I'll go back to what the, the Deputy President said, that they know who's behind this. And I'll ask the question, if you know who's behind the text, why is nothing being done? We've been here before. They consistently know what is happening. But I want to also look at what happened in Pumalanga this morning where we heard that yet another truck was torched. Joining me now is Newsroom Africa reporter Mueli Masilela. Mueli, thank you so much for joining me. I understand the modus operandi this morning was exactly the same as what we saw happening in KZN, in Pumalanga a few days ago, in Limpopo, and again this morning. Yes, indeed. It, it, it looks like the modus operandi remains the same, but uh, the unfortunate part is that uh, when speaking uh, to almost all the stakeholders, people who whom we believe might be the ones who uh, can shine or give us some light in terms of what is happening currently, we are not getting uh, uh, answers. Uh, looking into the fact that, uh, personally, I tried to speak to uh, the president of the Truckers uh, Association of South Africa, uh, Mary Paddy, as well as uh, the spokesperson of the ADTF, that is the All uh, 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 Drivers uh, Truck Drivers uh, Foundation here in Pumalang. We are not getting uh, answers, but what they are telling us at CD is that, uh, well, there are many issues that they are still waiting government to respond on in as far as the trucking industry or the freight, uh, the freight industry is concerned. But uh, what is happening now, they are not conde- uh, uh, condemning, uh, sorry, they're not condoning it, they're actually condemning it. And uh, they don't believe that such should be happening, even though there are those differences between them and government. What else do we know? I heard that there might be a victim, and I think this might be the first report of somebody who might have been injured in these attacks. 
Yes, uh, as you have put it, uh, the incident happened, uh, uh, this morning's incident happened between uh, MLO and uh, Petrative on the N2. And what we are told is that indeed uh, it was four trucks, not one, four trucks uh, that were set alight. And according to the police, the report uh, that they are coming up with is that uh, uh, quite a number of men who were armed approached those trucks and they told the truck drivers uh, to actually leave the trucks or else they would be bent also inside those trucks. That's when we are told that the drivers left and ran away and unfortunately there was a woman in one of those trucks. It's alleged that she was sleeping inside one of those trucks. That, that is when then uh, she sustained those injuries. But we are still waiting uh, from on the side of the police to give us uh, more detail in as mm-hmm. far as uh, investigation is concerned because as you have rightly put it, this is not the first incident. We should uh, by now having more information in terms of what is happening on the ground. Will I understand that you are on your way to the entry. Just before I let you go, how familiar are you with that area between Petritif and Ermelo? How easy is it for trucks to become vulnerable? I've watched in KZN areas around Richards Bay where trucks find themselves stopping there and waiting there for hours on end in order to be processed, which also makes them really vulnerable. I don't know if you know what the of the land is along that particular area between Petrotif and Emelo? Uh, today I know that road very well. It's a very bad road uh, in terms of uh, potholes as well as uh, being narrow. It's uh, it's quite. It shows that there is some work that needs to be done in terms of also expanding uh, that road. There's difficult movement in as far as also uh, light motor vehicles are concerned. But as we are raising that concern, we have seen also on the side of uh, Libombo, especially trucks that are heading uh, to Mozambique. Most of those trucks get stuck just before the border, uh, waiting to cross into Mozambique. So the Paperwork there uh, is a stress for most of the truck drivers. That is why uh, some of them we've seen recently uh, reports from the police that they get attacked, robbed of their belongings, some even kidnapped, having to be released uh, uh, after some of those uh, uh, criminals demand uh, some money from those companies uh, that are owning those trucks. So it's a sad situation. But what I've heard, CD, uh, during the incident that happened in Leidenberg, Limpopo side of that part of Mpumalanga and Limpopo. The community members, they, they are saying that what they want is to benefit from the companies operating in that area. That is why then uh, they decided that they should attack those trucks so that they can get attention in as far as their concerns uh, have been put forward. Mm. Thank you so much. That's Newsroom Africa reporter Mweli Masilela, who's on the N2, off to that area where the trucks were attacked along the N2 between Petrotif and Ermelo. And that's the thing, though, that there are not enough answers. We are waiting for the police minister to give some clarity to help us understand. My issue with this, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, is when you are being told... And you hear deputy president say, we know who's behind the attacks. We've been here before. I want you to think a little bit about Vuwani. Remember Vuwani, the 2016-2017 era when David Mashabo was intelligence minister and how he would say that they knew a year ahead. And then the question we were asking back then is, then why did you not act? If you knew there was going to be chaos as you said it was, then why have you not done anything? Now we are being told we know who's behind this. 
Why have you not arrested anybody? Why are the attacks continuing? Why are we waking up every morning to such disruption? And remember, it's not just they're burning down trucks. It is an impact on economy. It's an impact on communities. And we'll touch base on a little bit of that in just a short while uh, about that. I want your thoughts about this. Please send your voice notes to 072-702-1702 or 072-567-1567. On 702 and Cape Talk... This is the Midday Report with Mandy Wiener, brought to you by NetBank Commercial Banking, specialists who enable your business growth aspirations. That's right. We are continuing with this issue about the trucks. I'm being joined now by the National African Farmers Union and Satawu, who are calling for a probe into the incident. I've got Jabu Matlangu from NAFU, who is the president. I've got Amanda Chimese, who is also Satawu's head of communications. Thank you both for joining me. Jabu, let me start with you. I mean, I read your statement, and in essence, you are irked. You've referred to what's happening as annoying in your statement. It's, um, thank you very much uh, for having us. It's, it's really annoying. It's, we're actually very angry. And uh, having listened to you, if indeed what you were saying is true, that uh, the deputy minister, deputy president the says president. they know who is involved, it's actually even disgusting, to say the least. Because, look, I can't agree more with what you said. The economy is being disrupted. Properties are being destroyed. The roads are being shattered. Lives are being threatened. And not only of the people that they are, whose trucks are banned or the lady that got banned into the truck. When, when a truck um, is banned, like it happened, I mean, really, when you spoke to Willie earlier on, he, t- he indicated that the road is very narrow. Yes. Now, you cannot make a U-turn. If one truck is bent on the road and the road is closed and you're driving a truck, you can't make a U-turn. Um, ambulances will not reach the destiny. So the whole life is distracted. Exactly what he referred to at the Libombo border, it's a mess. Mm. Now, if, 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 if there are people who know who is involved and they are not apprehended, it's actually making us very sick. But uh, we hope that uh, perhaps the truth will be told because our view is that uh, this destruction, this image we are creating, more than anything else, affects our farmers the most. Because what happens is farmers have to transport the, the fresh produce overnight so that they reach the destiny, which is your markets, by 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, if they are unable to reach and the sun emerges in the morning, like now it's I don't know what the degrees are. That whole truck is, that, that produce is wasted. So it's hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of worth of goods that are destroyed. And the food security that we are trying to address is affected. And then people's monies are lost. But this will also affect the jobs. Absolutely, Jabu. Absolutely. I want to bring in Amanda on that particular point around the issue of jobs. Amanda, a lot of us worry about the impact on the economy, about on on businesses. But at the end of the day, there are also drivers. There are employees who also risk losing jobs if businesses go under. Speak to me about the impact on the workers when a situation like this happens, when one truck is torched, but when close to 20 is what we're facing. Thank you so much, Teddy, and a very good afternoon to you too and to your listeners at home. You know what, Teddy, I think um, 
allow me to start by saying what has happened in the past few days could never be justified. In fact, what we have experienced, it is disgusting. I do agree with the Ojabu. This is a criminal offense, and the government keeps on failing us. And as a union, more than anything, we are more worried about the safety of our members and workers on the road. It is our responsibility to ensure that our members and workers are safe all the time. Uh, CD, already we are fighting high rate of unemployment in this country. Already our economy is collapsing. Remember, when you're talking about uh, the, the, the road freight um, industry, you're talking about imports and exports throughout the country and outside the country. We're talking about millions of brands. If government keeps on ignoring this matter, if government keeps on failing us, unfortunately, we are likely to see more of these incidents coming too, of which is something that we cannot, we can never ever be able to 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 have at this current moment mm. because already we're fighting against unemployment and government is there. Unfortunately, Tibi, the only thing that is more annoying in this case is that the attack towards the truck drivers is nothing new. This happening for years. And that's and the that's the thing. thing. That government, the only thing that government does is always think we are investigating the matter and you never ever get to hear the end of those investigations. All right, thank you so much for that, Amanda. Jabu, just before I let you both go, the police minister will be speaking this morning, this afternoon. What do you expect to hear from Becky Taylor? I know you want technology involved. That might be a reach. Maybe it isn't. What would you like to hear from Seps today? I just hope that uh, he's not going to make another promise that uh, they know, like as you said, the deputy president has said. <clears throat> I hope him to, to set up a team. Look, the modus operandi is the same, except for the one of Mpange. I want them to set up a team that's going to work overnight, patrol all the trucks and the routes, especially the main routes. But as we have said as, Naf- as NAFU, that our view is that in the long term, install- installing the face-detecting uh, technology alongside the main roads, you'll be in a position to know that uh, an incident happened at Petrative at this time, and there was a vehicle that was driving to the north or to the west, at this speed, and that vehicle had come at this time. So you are able to detect mm. the vehicle and the faces inside. All right. And therefore, you arrest the, the situation. All right, Jabu, think- thank you. Thank you for that. That's Jabu, the NAFU president, as well as Amanda Chimese, Satawu spokesperson, speaking about the trucks. Trucks are under siege in this country. What is going on? Our leaders have said they kind of know. The president on Sunday said he was waiting for an intelligence report. How long does the president need to wait to find out what is going on when we can all see it, that something's very off as far as the trucks are concerned and the attacks on the trucks. The Midday Report. Hi, it's it is Nomeni and Pichuria. There's no way that uh, the police minister, uh, Begekele, can give clarity. When he doesn't know anything and when uh, his uh, subs patrolling or uh, highway unit is caught up in sixes and sevens, they are chasing after shadows. There's nothing that they will get. They can make a million press conferences, but if you don't uh, have a handle on the situation of crime, you are never going to deal with the issues that are, are popping up of the truck fires in this country. The police minister has failed. He must accept it. Good day, CD. If I were the minister of police, I would say nothing regarding this issue until the investigation is complete, because whatever he will say might jeopardize the investigation. 
might jeopardize the investigation. And lastly, CD, we've got cameras around our freeways. Why the police can't utilize those cameras? Thanks, David. Thank you, David and Norman, for your voice notes. It's interesting. Nobody expects or wants to hear anything from the police minister. I don't know how to feel because I thought maybe he'd give us some insights, maybe some headway. But as you said, and we've seen it in the past where they talk a lot and then you don't see action. We don't need to go further than July 2021 where we're told that thing is an insurrection and we don't have anyone. I mean, that's, it's not like terrorism. That's like treasonous, isn't it? And then you don't have any, anyone. You don't see the face of this thing. Instead, you have a DJ and somebody who looted at Woolies. So I, Firmly understand. Thank you so much for your voice notes. The Midday Report. Political party COPE has had a series of problems, but one didn't anticipate hearing that it might have been deregistered. But the party says no, that's simply not true. It will participate in next year's general polls. Speaking to me now is COPE spokesperson Dennis Bloom. Dennis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. So you have not been deregistered by the Independent Electoral Commission, correct? Uh, good afternoon, City, and good afternoon to the listeners. Yes. Just help me understand a little bit of what's happened. You've been deregistered as what, as a company, by who? What, does that, what are the implications of that? I think I've lost Dennis a little bit. I'll just try and get him back up on the line. So you're hearing that, that happened about COPE. There's a bit of confusion. But from what I understand, COPE, was also registered as a company. Just want to understand how does that actually work and whether or not they were allowed to do so. I actually keep asking, is it legal for the company? Maybe people who've got like a legal background can help me understand. I don't fully get it. I keep asking myself, can, a, can an organization register on one hand with the IEC and then on the other hand with the same name as a company and then those two function uh, alongside one another? I don't know if I'm getting it correctly or not, but people with a legal mind, please help me understand i spoke to somebody previously of the ic and he was a little bit also a little bit confused as well as to what are the rules and regulations around that as well but cope remains a political party that is going to go to the elections there's a question of course about what kind of cope will be on the ballot that's asking you to vote for them dennis himself has question marks about whether or not he is the rightful spokesperson they have an elective conference what will that do only time will tell the midday report in a normal functional country the president would have convened a high-level urgent security meeting with the industry, the security companies and the police as well as the intelligence to, you know, to find ways to address this immediately given, you know, this, the threat that this poses. Uh, but of course we live in the ANC country, you know, the president is shocked, I'm sure. And the deputy president just said they know who these people are, but I'm sure he's also equally shocked. But yeah, another day under ANC. The Midday Report. I'm bringing back Dennis Bloom into this conversation. Dennis, thank you so much for sticking sticking around. I don't know if you can hear me now. Dennis, so you've not been deregistered. You are still allowed to participate in the elections. Siri, we are not deregistered as a, from, the, from the IEC. The, the party is deregistered as a company. Uh, we, we are shocked to hear that we are a company registered as a company. Uh, this is news to me. When a journalist this morning confronted me with this uh, information, I could not believe uh, uh, what, and he was reading to me the letter from the lawyers 
representing Mr. Sheko and Mr. Madisha, the deputy president. I, I, I could not believe what I heard, that we, we were uh, registered as a company. All right, that's Dennis Bloom, the spokesperson of COPE, saying that he did not know that they were registered as a company. We have run out of time, Dennis. I think COPE has many, many, many problems that it needs to resolve as it heads towards the election. Even this, how there's so much disjuncture that they don't even know that somebody else registered them as a company simultaneously as when they were on the polls uh, contesting for elections. But again, it's just another day in South Africa, I guess. The Midday Report. Listen to the midday report with myself, CD Madia, standing in for Mandy Wiener. Earlier, I said Police Minister Becky Taylor will give an update on what we've been seeing on our highways as far as the trucks are concerned. I'll take you to Pretoria right now to hear what he has to say. Uh, the truck there was uh, attacked. There is no truck that has been torched in both Gauteng and Freestate. Provincial Commissioner of the province, that is Gauteng, who is here has confirmed that two trucks were involved in two separate accidents. The trucks that one capsized in Houghton, one caught fire through mechanical faults. Both truck drivers escaped unharmed, that is Houghton. We remain adamant that both, both these incidents are not related to the coordinated and planned attack on trucks and should be reported as such. What have we planned? The plan of action from the police is already underway. No matter the motive, the country's law enforcement remain on high alert and is hard at work at preventing more attacks, but also finding these individuals or gangs of thugs have been in causing havoc on our roads. It is on this score that the SEPS has heightened police visibility and leaving nothing to chance in all provinces. We might as well add that uh, we are very thankful to defense that uh, already in KZN they are working with us, especially on those strategic areas like Moy River, River Plaza. It is on that score that SEPS Yes, all major routes have been secured and regular patrols are being conducted along identified high-risk routes, as I have just made the point about Moy River and other high-risk areas. That's Police Minister Becky Taylor out in Swanee giving an update on the truck attacks that we've been seeing on our highways, saying that investigations point to labor disputes being at place and the police are investigating and expecting to make arrests soon. Spoke about particular areas in KwaZulu-Natal saying that defense is also assisting. He spoke about increased visibility and that they're working to prevent further attacks. I think on the last bits, like further attacks, increasing visibility, Again, that remains to be seen because they make a lot of commitments and they don't follow through. Why is it that it follows these kind of attacks for us to have a conversation about visibility? You have one major network, that's the N3, where it's, it's literally carrying this country's economy, yet there's not sufficient visibility. One of the voice notes we got earlier is that there are cameras everywhere. What is Sandral also doing? How is it not assisting in all of this? So many, many questions, but I'm sure he will also be met with a lot of questions from the journalists who are attending that particular event.
The Midday Report. Good day, Tidi. I just feel that we are captured by ANC in this country. We are really, really captured by ANC in this country. I am so tired. I'm so tired. You know, I've I've lost hope. You know, nothing's working. Our municipalities, where I stay in Western Area, everything is falling apart. But anyway, thank you for a lovely show, Tidi. Thank you so much. That's the thing about the governing party. And I don't know if it's whether it's a sin of incumbency where people have such strong feelings about your failings versus your wins. Um, the issue of the trucks is absolutely disturbing. Um, and I'm not sure if the talk is enough. Based on a lot of your comments, I'm not sure if you're convinced either that enough is being done to deal with the midday report. Good morning, Sister Peggy Pele is a toothless minister. He's a nobody. Paul Mashatile is the most dishonest person in the ANC. Now, you've had Jabu on the line uh, who comes from one of the unions who represents the truckers. They must mobilize their people within those unions to vote ANC out next year. Simple, because there's nothing that is going to happen. This problem is going to persist for a very long time. So this media briefing of Peggy Kele, he's not going to say anything. Simpure here. Uh, thank you so much for that. Simpi was saying that, you know, they don't believe anything. The minister's toothless, doesn't believe the deputy uh, president. I think the deputy president is a lot that he's juggling on his hands. If you've seen media reports about a plot that is not a plot, about um, ex- expensive lifestyle. at the So there's a lot that the uh, deputy president is juggling at the moment. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener on 702 at Cape Talk. Brought to you by NetBank Commercial Banking. See money differently. We turn our attention now to water issues in Joburg. Today is day one of the Joburg water shutdown. Supposedly, Randwater says this is for maintenance. It's meant to be a widespread shutdown across parts of Joburg. I expected to hear lots of calls complaining about the water, but I've heard nada. Instead, we've spoken about the trucks. I think this is a good thing. Either you have sufficient provision or the water is still coming out of your taps. To discuss the story, I'm joined now by Eyewitness News reporter Alpha Ramushwana, who's out and about in Joburg, keeping an eye on the taps in the city. Alpha, I haven't heard a lot of complaints. Is this consistent with what you've been seeing? Well, good afternoon, T. What, what is happening at the moment, T, is that all residents in the city of Johannesburg, according to the city of Johannesburg, still have water. Uh, what we will be seeing, however, throughout the course of the day is a reduced supply in water. So according to uh, what rainwater has said to different locations, some will have uh, a reduced percentage of 20%, some will have 40% reduced on, of their water supply. So at the moment, there is still water in most parts of the city. What we are getting at the moment, CD, is that Rendberg and Ruhrdeport are the most affected areas in the city of Johannesburg. And that is where uh, already there's been a huge amount that has been cut down by rent water as it uh, refurbishes in the infrastructure in that area. So what the city is doing at the moment is that they've dispatched uh, water tankers to Rudderport uh, and uh, Randburg and neighboring areas to make sure that residents can at least have a constant supply of water in those areas. And what the city is also doing here is putting these uh, uh, water tankers at all schools, clinics, 
medical facilities in those affected areas so that uh, they mitigate the effects of this planned maintenance shutdown. But let's take a listen to what uh, the managing director of Joburg Water had to say today. So let me now go to the system which is really um, mostly affected. This is the system that rely on Ekenhof pumping station, which really supplies uh, Linesia, uh, Soweto, Greater uh, Renberg Road Port, all the way coming to the western part of the inner city. So I'll break it down this way. If you look at um, Linesia um, as well as Soweto, the reservoirs there are reasonably well and um, simply because of the volume that's still coming through, even though it's minimal, from that particular system. So the area that mostly affected even now, where if you go there, there are areas that don't have got water, which we've got our water tankers in those areas, is the greater Randberg Rodeport area, coming all the way to around Brixton, Crosby, all the way towards Auckland Park and Emeritia. So those are the areas that um, all our contingency plan, we are really focusing on those areas to make sure that uh, we indeed deploy all the water tankers that will be able to be assisting people to access water in the, in, in the meantime while we, we're busy with this work. Thanks. All right, thank you so much. That's from Alpha Ramuswana. Eyewitness News reporters out and about keeping an eye on the water situation. 58 hours of an outage. Areas are being affected differently. As you heard, Randberg is one of the areas that's been adversely affected by the shutdown. Join the conversation. Join the conversation. You're with Kate Talk. ESCOM has also announced new stages of power cuts. This just after Minister Dr. Jose Ramakopa said things were looking somewhat positive. It's announced stage six blackouts will be implemented from this afternoon. But first, but the first day begins with stage four. Then at 2 p.m., stage six will kick in and that will continue until five on Thursday morning. This pattern will be repeated until further notice. ESCOM says it's lost generating units overnight. Just as past Sundays are saying, the minister was saying ESCOM had been producing enough energy to accommodate plant maintenance without having to increase power cuts. The Midday Report. The Ad Hoc Committee on the New Public Protector is sitting to discuss the applications and nominations received for replacement while this process of impeachment obviously unfolds on the other side. From my understanding, this also has to continue. They have a duty to search for replacements. Joining me for this is Lindsay Dentlinger, EWN parliamentary reporter. Lindsay, good afternoon and thank you so much for your time. The process is well underway with the ad hoc committee meeting to deal with the names today, the candidates. Good afternoon, CD. Yes, we actually see the wheels now officially in motion. We have 38 CDs um, on the table that meet all the criteria to be considered um, for a candidate for the next public protector. As you pointed out, even though on the other side there's another committee still dealing with the impeachment process related to the current public protector, that has no bearing on this particular process. Her um, advocate, Kutisiwem Kobani's seven-year term comes to an end in October. However, that process uh, plays out, and so it is time for the country to um, select their next public protector. And uh, so the committee will now publish 58 CVs, will go online, CD, and members of the public will be able to scrutinize those and make any comments they want before this committee shortlists uh, candidates who will then be interviewed in a public process. Let's speak about the timelines and the deadlines. So when will the CVs go up for members of the public to make comment on? When will the interviews sit, sit, um, sit? And when are we expecting this process to wrap? 
So I'm going to start at the end, uh, TD. This process is supposed to wrap by the end of August. That is to give enough time for the candidate's name to be put to the full National Assembly to vote on. And, of course, it's the president who has the final say uh, of that uh, recommendation that gets made by Parliament. Those CVs are going to be slightly redacted CVs just to remove some personal information. And they could go online as soon as later today. Uh, The public have until next week, Friday, to comment uh, to Parliament on any of those CVs that are posted Uh, And then uh, after the, I think the date is the 26th of July, um, this committee will meet again uh, to then consider those comments and then begin that process of shortlisting who they will then interview. All right, thank you so much. That's EWN Parliamentary Reporter Lindsay Dentlinger giving us an update about the ad hoc committee that's meeting because they're now looking for a new public protector. (coughs) Excuse me, and of course, the acting public protector is up in the running from what I understand she's been nominated the former public protector was well, suspended. Ooh. <laughs> Freudian slip. The suspended public protector cannot run again. But you've had a lot of strong views about advocate Bususu Mkwebani, strong views about advocate uh, Kolega Kalega. Here's an opportunity for you to study who's possibly going to occupy the Chapter 9 institution and for you to make comments before the interviews. The Midday Report. So this week on Politricking with C.D. Madia, with myself for EWN, uh, I spoke to Twani Mayor Celia Brink. He's just marked over 100 days in office, so we spoke about how difficult it's been. I mean, he said it's like swallowing a fire hydrant, uh, dealing with the city over its finance issues, over the issues of administration. Of course, if you remember the last term of administration, Twani could not sit a proper, well, could not hold one proper sitting of council. There was just so much upheaval in that council that things did not work. And as it stands, here's a speaker from ATM, and that's not necessarily in line with the coalition that he's a member of uh, as the DA. So he spoke a little bit about that. Um, and here's what he had to say about dealing with a speaker that he should not be working with because they need to give that position to uh, Action SA, who's a coalition partner. You have a speaker at the moment who's not from a party that's part of a coalition. However, even with that, there seems to be some level of stability, seems to be from outside. Is it worth disrupting that in order to meet your obligations to a coalition? Is it not worth going back to the conversation and saying to the team and saying, maybe we can work with this as it stands? So I think there are some real concerns about some of the decisions that the uh, current speaker has made. Um, but I do agree that the relationship I have with him is not dysfunctional. Um, as is expected of us, we meet before every council meeting. The city manager and the chief whip are included in those meetings. Uh, very early on, he said to me, uh, please don't call me names, uh, and uh, I won't call you names, and I said to him, deal. We've got to maintain the decorum of the institution, even though we differ from each other. But not implementing the coalition agreement could be a source of instability in and of itself. We must learn to govern this country with coalition agreements, um, and it's going to be messy, uh, and there will be bouts of instability, but that's the deal we've made. And to go back on that deal, um, I think, would, would be an even bigger source of instability. What I try to do in the meantime is to say to everyone involved, we are opponents, we are going to have fights, let's not destroy the building while we are having our internal disagreements. Easier said than done.
that Celia Brink, the mayor of Tswani, is speaking about how he's navigating the speaker and how he's managing coalitions. More of that on Politricking with TD Madia. You can find the podcast on EWN, on 702, and on all other major streaming platforms. The Midday Report. All right, CD, I think I might be getting it on a, you know, the uh, uh, wrong end of the stick, but I think uh, Cope might have been registered as a as an as an NPC, non uh, non profit company, and then they needed that to apply at the IEC. Um, so when you get deregistered at the as as a company for one or another reason, maybe you did not submit your annual returns. Then it means that you are, you know, you are no longer in existence as a, as a, as an entity. Hi, CC. This is Clement. Um, I'm in Rosatenville, between Rosatenville and Ogden, Jobek South. Uh, the last time we had water was um, last night. I think around 12 midnight. That was the last time. Ever since we woke up, there's no water. The taps are dry. So I hear that they keep to, they keep on saying that uh, Jobek has water. No, we don't have water. We already we already using the water that we we saved, preparing for this. Thank you. I thank you so much for your voice notes. Firstly, thank you for the clarity around cope. I think that means we must go back and look at the status of cope and then the issue of water. I hope that there are water tankers where you are. They made a commitment that they'll make sure that water is available. So it is concerning if you're already running out of water with so many hours still to go before that shutdown is brought to an end. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener is brought to you by Nedbank Commercial Banking on 702 and Cape Talk. Nedbank is a licensed FSP and registered credit provider. To this story now, the SA Communist Party and the ANC Veterans League have spoken out against Orlando Pirates playing a pre-season friendly match against Israel's Maccabi Tel Aviv. Joining me now on the line is SACP spokesperson Alex Mashilo. Alex, I'm a little bit tight on time, but there have been mounting voices around this particular game, this friendly game, yet Pirates seems intent on going ahead with this game. The importance of adding your voice as the SACP to this matter. It's quite important, thank you, uh, just within the time limits that we have. Um, Israel, the, Israel is occupying Palestinian territories, and like the apartheid regime in our land of South Africa, it has divided Palestinian territories into homeland-like segregation areas. In addition, Israel is year in, year out, killing Palestinian people. What is shocking is that uh, the killings include the killings of children and women. The majority of the killings are from air-launch explosives, air-launch strikes, murdering the Palestinian Mm. people. As I speak to you, unlike you and me and other South Africans, Israel has deprived the Palestinian people of their rights to statehood and the right to national self-determination. Now, in South Africa, going back, uh, 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 from 1994, there was a crucial principle that Orlando Pirates adhered to, that there could be no normal sport in an abnormal society. This is the principle that Orlando Pirates has to maintain to the clubs in Israel, especially when considering that you are talking about a friendly match. 
Uh, Alex, have you spoken, though, to pirates? Have you attempted to engage the club or its owner, uh, Dr. Evan Koz, about this? We discussed um, uh, uh, different matters uh, previously with Orlando Pirates, and today our General Secretary Solima Paila is sending a letter requesting an agent meeting with the Orlando Pirates SC on this matter. All right, thank you so much. That's Alex Mashilo, spokesperson of the SACP, where the SACP has joined many other voices in protest against Orlando Pirates going ahead with a pre-season friendly match against Israel's Maccabi Tel Aviv. The Midday Report. TikTok is launched, has launched their TikTok That's How campaign. We speak now to Gift Ndo, popularly known as Lachif, La or Lachef, you'll correct me, who's making waves in the tech world as a content creator with a mission to simplify people's lives through engaging and relatable educational videos. Gift, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Is it Lachif or Lachef? Am I saying it? Am I, am I supposed to say it? It's Lachif. La Chief, thank you so much for joining us, La Chief. You're part of this campaign. What are you teaching your audience through tech? Firstly, thank you so much for having me today, Teddy. Uh, we teach people about how to use TikTok platform, which is an easy platform that anyone can use and learn anything in a short space of time. Then speaking about the TikTok, that's our campaign. Uh, it's how to use the TikTok platform in an easy way for an average person to understand. Mm. Yeah. Hey. And in terms of responses, what are people saying to you about the appetite? And what does that even say to you about people's appetite to embrace technology? This is now obviously about everyday South Africans. What does that say to you about our interest in understanding technology and using it in everyday lives? I'm really grateful to be part of the platform because the feedback that I'm receiving uh, based on the the TikTok uh, campaign is very positive. And I've managed to score some other partnerships because of that, because uh, I'm changing people's life with the videos that I'm doing in terms of the technology and letting know, letting people know about the things that they were not aware of that their phones can do and PC can do. And just before I let you go, how do we get involved? I will not do a TikTok video. I find it really difficult. But how can people get involved in this campaign? Yes, you can when they use the hashtag TikTok, that's how campaign. But to create TikTok videos is very much easier. And I'm sorry to take much of your time. TikTok is the very easiest platform to go to that anyone can create any type of content that people can relate to. It's not a fancy platform. You have to use fancy equipment. So it's user-friendly. Thank you so much. That's Gift Ndo, popularly known as La Chief, talking about the TikTok That's How campaign that he's partnered with, trying to help people understand tech a little bit better. The Midday Report. That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener. The Midday Report.